Hello and welcome to another episode of TARDIS Tropes. It's our first TARDIS Tropes of the decade, David! And we're starting out the decade as shitty as possible. Yeah. Uh, I'm sick, so <laughs> if you don't like the sound of coughing and sniffling, you can, uh, uh, you can go fuck yourself. Um... <laughs> We're really starting off 2020 with a really aggressive vibe yeah. on all fronts. Uh, <laughs> social, political, personal. Uh, 2020 can uh, go fuck itself already. Yeah. Um, and also someone who can go fuck himself is Chris Chibnall, who is still my least favorite Doctor <laughs> Who writer. Um, what, is, he your, is he your least favorite Doctor Who writer, Hannah? I mean, yes. I, I, to be fair, I've never watched uh, the original like run of the series, so there could be some real dog shit in there. But uh, as far as I can tell, no, Chris Chibnall is by far the worst Doctor Who writer ever. And I'm starting to sort of get a sense of his tropes, um, I, I think. You know, coming off of last season, you know, it was sort of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, all, it also just felt like every episode was a first draft. Yes. Um, this episode feels like it's refined Chibnall. Uh, <laughs> and yet it's almost it? worse. Because I know he's trying. Oh my god. Uh, it, it's, and it's bad. It's interesting because uh, we had a conversation recently um, where you were saying you, you don't think that bad TV writing comes from lazy writers, it comes from overambitious writers. And I feel like this would be a really good like case study. No, I would oh. say case study okay. in exactly why you're right. That he's working real he's, hard. Oh, he wants to fit in this little bit and that little bit, and he's got this idea and that idea, and he they're really... Just can't... But can't make them all work together because... Ah, screw it. They're all together. All right. Well, should we just jump into part one? We're going to be talking about Spyfall parts one and two. Yes. The, the opening to the, the series. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, boy. And uh, it's spy-themed. <laughs> I do, don't do, know do, why. Do, 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 yeah, so, so the first the first part of, of this two-parter is definitely more spy-themed than the second, would you say? Like, the second has Well, elements. no, I would say the opposite, because the second one, you've got... You know, spies in World War Two. Oh, the so most that's like spy. a little. Uh, that was like the time when spies were not terrible. Yeah. Uh, and so you can depict like an actual spy and not have to be like, and it's a terrible person, <laughs> right? Who's overthrowing governments? Right. In the well, East. Over, overthrowing a government, but yeah. a, a bad government, the Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking a taking a bold stance there. <laughs> I mean, in in this era of. <laughs> Crypto-fascists. Yeah. Oh, okay. God. So the episode starts as redundantly as possible, I feel like. Yep. I mean, it's rule of threes. But it didn't need to be. I, I, I feel like, again, we still haven't talked about anything that's happened, but I feel like yeah. this... They did everything out of order, you know? Like, the cold open could have been the doctor fixing the TARDIS, uh-huh. and then, like, the spies show up with everyone in the background. Like, that's an intriguing cold open, you know? Seeing three different random people who we know nothing about being, like, swallowed by ghosts means nothing. Right. So, we start off, and we're just seeing these spies doing generic spy things. So generic. Someone's just sniping a car in the Ivory Coast. And Which I'm, like, is thinking, probably bad. I'm thinking that's probably not a good thing. Yeah. Um, but maybe it is. Maybe that guy's like a, a real bad actor, you know. Yeah. Probably the number two bad guy yeah. uh, in, in uh, number two target. We're political! We're political. Um, but this show is political, too. I mean, yes. it's sort of heavily political. Which is surprising because... The last season, it was, for the most part, trying to separate itself from politics. Except for that one Except episode. for Kablam. And, and the one with Donald Trump. And the, and well, okay, so never mind. Yeah. There was a lot of, there was a lot of politics. <laughs> and, Scratch you know, that. Indian Partition. Uh, right, and that. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. Right. But I guess I thought of it more as, like... It's the most neoliberal of politics, you know? Right. It's like, let's all hold hands, and of course Donald Trump is bad, you know, like... And we still have that. They literally refer to the supervillains, the, the bad aliens, as, like, Russia, but a million times bigger. <sighs> oh, my God. Um... I mean, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the like neo Cold War. <laughs> no, it's not great. It's very passe. All right, but so instead of just showing one spy getting attacked <laughs> and us like figuring the rest out from there, or even having three spies that get attacked in different ways, yeah, you know, it's just literally like a chameleon thing pops out of the wall, yeah, and then goes bleh, and then cut to so. black, yeah. 
So it tells us nothing, so, and it intrigues us not at all. Right, so then we catch up with all the companions. Graham's, like, at a doctor's appointment. Yeah, just a, just a follow-up. It's not, like, relevant to his being plot. being really bad at basketball. Right, which, which I is, also don't get. I mean, is that supposed to be a, an evidence of his dyspraxia, or is it... I think it's just, like, he's off his game because he's yeah, been with the doctor. Oh, shit, he's off his game. But they do it in, like, this hyper-slow-mo, like, what? But it doesn't come back at all for the rest of the episode. Well, and you wouldn't expect it to. It's not a basketball-themed episode. Oh. It's not Space Jam. <laughs> I would... I so wish this was Space Jam. It would be better yeah. if it was Space Jam. It's Spyfall. It's Spyfall. Spyfall <laughs> and it crumble. No. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and then, then uh, Yaz, Yaz is just, like, taking a leave of absence. Everyone's, like, getting ready to go traveling. Yeah, and her, her police boss is like, Don't go. Don't, don't do it. You're my best, you're my best man. <laughs> but uh, you, are the secret agents getting you? And she was like, oh, I can't say. And, and then uh, if you guys, uh, If you guys watched the episode, you know that the next thing was the, the one-liner that Chimna was the most proud of, which is when Graham... Shouts out of the cop car, or the, the spy car that they've been picked up in. He says, worst Uber ever. It seems like a very nice car, you know? Well, but the fact that it kidnapped them, not I mean, a great Uber. Yeah. It's like such an implied kidnapping. And then they have like a conversation about what to do about the kidnapping in front of the guy who's like driving them to the right. mysterious location, which turns out to just be MI6 and right. London. Keep keep in mind, we're eight minutes into this episode now. <laughs> Nothing has made Nothing sense. has happened. And it's just literally like, Doctor, what do we do? We've been kidnapped by somebody mysterious. But, and but then the he's so like, let's just wait and see. But the somebody mysterious is literally just a guy in our car. Right, like, and they just go without a fight or trying yeah, to run away or We don't anything. see any sort of struggle, or it's not like anyone pulls a gun on them or anything like that. They just, like, cut to them all on the car. They're just, they're just going, because they're like, I'm curious, Yeah, then you know? someone hijacks the car's, like, navigation system, and there's a very dumb action scene. Yeah, do you want to do you want to just spoil the ending of the episode right now? Because sure. I think it I think it'll affect our recap. Totally. Which is, it turns out that everything in the episode is orchestrated 100% by the master, who is... Who's back! He's back. He's back! The new master is played by uh, Sasha Dawan, who I just also saw in the new Steve Moffat Dracula show. No, oh, um, And he's good in that, so he's not a bad actor. Well, like, he's clearly having fun being the master. Yeah, you he's, know? he's like, you know, being like a, like a little kid, you know, it's like... He's doing the crazy master thing, being crazy, getting sweaty, his hair goes all over... You know, it's... He yells a lot. Exactly. It's it's the master. Yeah. Um, it's fun. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine, but if you consider that, like, his plan is to get the doctor on a plane so that he can crash it, it doesn't really make any sense why he would just, like, kill the driver of this car with an evil GPS that shoots lasers and then drive the car backwards, like... I mean, he couldn't, like, just have it blow up, right. or, you know... Like, he puts a bomb on a plane later, but he couldn't just put a bomb on this car. Right, especially when he literally controls, like, the guy... He controls everything, basically. Like, he infiltrated MI6, he infiltrated, you know, he's in control of, uh, uh, Danton, uh, or... Not, Banton? Benton? Something like I've that? I've got it written down. Daniel Barton. Barton. The CEO of Vore, which is, like, Google and Facebook oh. combined, and even worse. Yeah. They own everything. And it's called Vore. It's v called Vore. V-O-R. It's, it's not great. I just don't think Chris Chibnall has any idea what Vor is. They just keep saying things like, Vor is the most powerful organization <laughs> in the world. They control the internet. And we're like, crack it up. It's, it's great. great. It is the, Vor has the power of small nations. Oh my god. More power than some nations because, uh, did you know that tech companies, uh, are, are more international? They're international, which they, means that they're spies for Russia. Yeah, and they get, uh, and they get contracts from the government, so. Right. So this episode is about how the, you know, corporations spy on you, and that makes the only good spies government spies. I guess, question mark? Because we're supposed to feel, like, really bad that these, like, spies from everywhere are getting murdered by these chameleon mm, dudes. Right. And we're, like, not even shown, like, why it's bad that, like, these spies are dying. Like, it's... 
it's just... They're, they're important to protecting our national security, yeah. Anna. Don't question it. Anyway, so they get to MI6. There's like a Stephen Fry cameo for all of two minutes. And it was the most advertised thing about this season, uh -huh. let alone this episode. Yeah. Like, Stephen Fry's in this bench. He's in Doctor Who. Finally! And Finally. then he, like, plays, like, just a generic, like, guy in charge of MI6. Who, like, thinks the doctor's still a guy. Right, but the doctor like, apparently still thinks she's a guy. I know. Because that's, that's in part two. There's, like, a gag where she goes, uh, you know, ah, The greatest gentleman, time I'm, gentleman or something. And it was like, lady, disappearing lady or something. Like, I don't know how to feel about a character misgendering herself. Yeah. Like, what is that supposed to be? I don't know. Um, and it's, like, literally been, like, years since she's been in this regeneration. Right, right, like, it's been at least a year, if not longer. I mean, like, we know that she travels without the companions sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, so, they, I guess I guess the way that they get to MI6 is that they just drive the car that just tried to kill them. I know, I don't understand why. And they just know the address of MI6. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the doctor, so, like, maybe. Right, but, but why wouldn't you just get in the TARDIS? I guess they took the TARDIS. They took the TARDIS. Right, that seemed like a dumb thing. I know. I don't know. It's dumb. So they get there, there's a terrible cameo with Stephen Fry... Uh, he dies by bullet fire, question mark. Laser. Laser fire for, like... Laser sniper from the window. No, but, like, the, the first one it just looks like a bullet. <laughs> like, like we don't even see the laser flash. It's right. It's just a bullet. Right, but it's definitely a laser. Yeah. Uh, and so then they have to, like, escape from MI6 and go find the doctor's friend... Friend. ...from MI6. Where is this friend from? They're in Australia, I guess. This is Australian... Friend and his name is Agent then, O. Uh, yeah, and, and then they've he, met before, like once. They re keep reminding you. They yeah. have like three different lines of dialogue, just going like, "We met once before." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. I and mean, somehow like, she doesn't pick up that this person is the master. I well, because it was the master when she met him last time, too. Because he's been the master since working at MI6, we find out later. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, she didn't pick up when she met this guy before, <laughs> that like, hey, this guy... This guy's a time lord. Is a time lord. He's not like, he doesn't have like a fob watch or anything. It's because Chris Chibnall cannot help but make Jodie Whittaker like the most Stupid. incompetent doctor possible. Right. Like, later when the, the bomb is on the plane, she's like, I just can't do anything about it! And so just, like, yeah. slams the cockpit door closed. And it's just... and then somehow the cockpit door is open again afterwards because it gets know. blown up. But anyway, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Um, so she calls Agent O, who's been fired for being too obsessed with aliens because apparently MI6 doesn't believe in aliens. Even though... Unit and Torchwood, Torchwood have, both, have both, but they both disappeared mysteriously. Yeah, they've I don't been know defunded why. because of austerity. Oh yeah, Teresa they, May. They mentioned that in resolution, right? Do they? It might have. Yeah, been. they yeah. seriously said it was austerity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's not totally unrealistic. Yeah. But uh, you know. But what is unrealistic is that that would happen <laughs> when it's like. Like, that's the national security, you know? Talk right. about security. It's, it's the only thing defending them from all of the aliens. Like, literal aliens, just, not just the brown people. Just people keep, you know, forgetting, like, they have amnesia. Right, like, do you, like, all the other shit that happened in Doctor Who is still canon to Doctor Who. Like, London's been attacked so many times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the aliens are coming through the walls again, uh, attacking them after Stephen Fry gets shot while he's trying to tell them something inconsequential. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they've oh. been told that all of the spies that got killed were all from different countries, but they were all investigating, uh, this guy who's in charge of war. Is that what they were all investigating? Yeah, which I guess that's why it's part of the plan, and also it was to test out DNA-altering technology, because... What the doctor goes in to see the, the the dead spy, and it's like, she's in a coma. No, it's not a coma. In fact, all of her DNA has been rewritten into something else. Except she still looks like a human. Well, you it wouldn't changing the DNA wouldn't change her right. appearance unless the cells were still replicating. Right. But you, I guess you can assume that they're not replicating. It's just a bunch of dead cells with 
DNA strands yeah. coding information. SpongeBob episodes. That's my canon. He right. just needs it for lots of copies so, of SpongeBob episodes. Right. Chris Chibnall read somewhere that you can encode data in DNA, and he was like, "There we go. There we go. That's the plan." And he didn't bother to think like, "Why would you have so much data that you can't store it in computers?" And why would you want to kill people to store data on them? And how would you retrieve that data? Right. It's not in, like, the cloud or anything. It's just literally <laughs> like I, in like, a dude in in In, in Des Moines, yeah. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, guys, we are not trying to make this more confusing than it is. It's just this confusing. Right, because like, this episode, unlike a lot of his older episodes, was not written linearly, I don't think. I think yeah. he actually did... Write it out and then rewrote it, and you know tried to make it so that the things in the beginning set up something in the end. But they don't. But they don't. So it was a waste of effort. Good, good, good job. Right, like in part one. So, so the team splits up. The doctor and Graham go to Australia to try to find her old friend O, who's the master, but they don't know it yet. Um, and then Yaz and Ryan go to America to talk to the the Vor guy. Right. But they, um, they go in disguise they, as reporters. Yeah. And the doctor's like, here, take this bioscanner. It will tell you what percentage of his body is human DNA. It's so and, fucked up. And you're just like, okay, why are you doing that? Do you suspect that he is not human? Yeah. If not... Why would you have this and give it to them? Right. Also, you brought up a really good point about the um, the Zygons. Like, that right. they're still well, on Yeah, Earth. I thought maybe, you know, she was thinking they were Zygons or something. But it, w- it wouldn't make any sense because, you know, to, to have a bioscanner that tells you the percentage human that they are. Yeah. And that that makes them a bad person if they're part yeah. alien, which is... There, uncomfortable. There's a great book series exploring that concept called The Themis Files that I highly recommend. Well, there um, you go. But it does not do a good job of interrogating that idea here at all. Right. Um, so yeah, so they go there, they hack his stupid computer through a dumb series of events. Well, I think it's first it's interesting to talk about the interview because okay. this is the politics that, that Chibnall is trying to get through. Yeah. Where he's like... Um, you, you you know, invented Google in this universe. And he's like, yes, yeah. Google is the best and thing I, ever. It connects I came, people. I came from humble roots. And he's like, and he's like, there's no, there's nothing better than more data. And then she was like, what about misinformation and cyberbullying? <laughs> and it's like, these are... Two different things, but fine. Not like, this is your big problem with there being corporations, is like that they don't do enough to curb cyberbullying. Yeah. It's a little weak. Um, and it's very neolib. Very, very. Um, okay, so they do this interview and then they scan him and it turns out he's 7% non-human. Ooh. So what does that mean? <laughs> it tells them basically nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then they steal all of his data. Yeah, they steal his data computer his computer. by sneaking in. But he comes back because he forgot his bag. He, f- he forgot his bag. He's like, I forgot oh my, my damn bag. bag. And it's no, like he this walks guy, in the room going, bag, bag, bag. Bag, bag, bag. <laughs> Just gotta look for my bag. I think that's really funny. Uh, but anyways, uh, they... But while he's in his office, the light creatures right. come and but they're like, not, they have is... like a conversation and it's weird. Right, so th- I, I was referring to them before as chameleon creatures because they're not very clear about what they are or what they're supposed to be. Yes. But, but before, every time they showed up, it would be like they have the texture of the wall. Yeah. So I thought they were like spies and yeah. they like were hugging the walls and they could blend in using camouflage. Yeah. Tech. That is not what they are. No. They are beings of light who when they walk through walls... They just kind of gets like stuck the to them. Light of the wall around them. It just like mark. the wall gets stuck to them yeah, or something. But, but the reason we find out they're beings of light is because, <laughs> meanwhile, in Australia, um, also okay. So like so back in Australia, mm-hmm. the the doctor's friend that they're finding, oh, who is the master, but we don't know it yet, um, is supposed to be entirely off the grid. Like MI six can't find him. But then by the time the doctor decodes his secret little picture message and shows up there, there's already two, like, Australian Secret Service guards. Right, which I think is funny because Australian Secret Service spells ass, which the actual (laughs) organization is called 
the Australian Secret Intelligence Service, which is ACES, okay. which is not a stupid name. But, like, Chibnall literally didn't even Google yeah. what the Australian Secret Service is Did called. Did he call them the Australian Secret Service? Yeah. Oh, my God. Ass. Jeez. Anyway. And, and they're just like, we're under orders to keep you safe from something. Right. And For it's like, you're the only ones who can save... Why are all 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 our colleagues are being killed? And it's yeah, like I don't know. I, I don't know. So okay, strange. this is very important because we need to remember that this guy is not really O. He's the master. Yes. So we get like a ton of character development for this dude about how like oh man, he's got this catalog of all the alien activity, and he's obsessed with the doctor. He's kind of yeah. like an Osgood sort of fanboy. Yeah. And then he's he's even got you know every copy of the. Uh, the Fordian Times, which is like their version of the National Enquirer. Mm -hmm. um, why does he have all that stuff actually? For the ruse to be complete. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe he just <laughs> likes alien stuff. I guess he is an alien. Yeah. So this is about, you know, 20, 25 minutes in. Um, yeah, so then while Ryan and Yaz the, are, are still in London, or America, or wherever they are, they're San in Fran. four. They're in San Fran. San Francisco, um, hotbed of tech activity. Yeah, um, and then these light creatures pop out of the walls. And they teleport Yaz into Stringland. First they're like talking to, to Barton and being like, hey... You know, we're planning we're evil. something. They, they do their evil plan. Barton we're leaves. Evil. They think they're scot-free, and then Yaz gets teleported. Bam. But then, while she's, like, wandering around in this weird, like... It's, like, seaweed strands that go all the way to the They ceiling, kind of look like like, like H.R. Geiger sort of, like, birther plants for alien. Yeah. You know? Or, like... And it's, like, this green fog everywhere. Right. Like, and it's know. just, like... It's, like, the upside down, basically. Yeah. It's the, it's the upside down. It's the upside down. So, Yaz is in the upside down. Uh, the doctor captures a light being back in Australia. Right. And she does her standard move. Right. Which is just asking it a bunch of questions while it says nothing. Yeah. And then for some reason it just starts answering all of her questions. And that happens in every single Chris Chibnall episode. Yeah. I, it boggles the mind. Don't know why. Um. Because that's, she doesn't, he doesn't know how to write, like, the doctor actually solving a mystery no. or something. She has to j just, like ask a bunch of questions directly, and then the guy just becomes an idiot. Like, the doctor does literally nothing in, like, this whole Well, episode. until the last two minutes. Yeah, it, like, it's very terrible. Um, um, but so the doctor asks the light being, what are you? And it's like, we take this form to mock you. We think it's silly. Ha ha ha. Which is yeah. ridiculous. And also it doesn't play into anything. No, we don't really find out why they're mocking us. And there's a bunch of, like, imagery that's like, Okay, so, like, Ryan is looking at a building, and there's a bunch of light things appearing in the windows. Yeah. And then... And, and they're dressed like the silhouettes of, like, a 1950s businessman, you know? Like, like a suit with, like, a little trilby hat or something. Like, that's how they're all, they all look. <laughs> I didn't interpret it as that. I what? thought it was... I thought it was just that they had, uh, you know, little, like, hair thingies. No way! It was totally supposed to be, like, 1950s spy. Like, do okay. see with the trilby? I'll buy it. Um, but the, the point being... There's all this weird imagery with all the late people appearing in the window, yeah. and it's like, the doctor's like, it's going crazy. Like, the one that I've captured is, it's like it's taking a suicide pill. <sighs> yeah. And then, all of a sudden, Yaz appears from out of the Upside Down in the place where it was. Right. In Australia. And then Ryan calls it's the doctor. It's never really explained why that is, other nope. than it's hard for it to digest time travelers. I Which guess. seems like, then the master shouldn't, shouldn't the master just get out as well? Yeah. Because the master ends up in there at the very end. Right. So he'll probably He'll get just out. pop out in yeah. 1920 or, or something. Or whatever. Uh, whatever. The point is, they teleported her to Australia for some reason. Uh, and then everyone's like, all right, let's all go oh, no. to Barton's birthday party. Yes. Then we do like a spy scene where everyone wears a suit and the doctor <laughs> says, and the doctor says, I'm the doctor. I, I'm doctor, the doctor, because we gotta have our bond line in there, because it's spies, spy fall. Dumb. Um, and also, it's like pointless <laughs> that you know they like she wasn't invited to the party, but she can just hack the guest list anyway. It's but like, like Yaz and Ryan were literally invited, like right. as the reporters. 
So but like, then, but then she's like, oh, "Wait, was I invited?" And then she's like, "Ah, whatever. I'll just hack the guest list." So yeah. it didn't matter that they were invited. It didn't matter at all. So, but but the the thing we skipped over very briefly is that Yaz is like traumatized by being in the Upside Down, right? And it's like it, it wasn't that bad. And this is right after she and Ryan shared like an intimate moment out of nowhere, where there she was like, "Don't date my sister, cause I, you know, you're my mate." Yeah. And then afterwards, Ryan's like. I will never let you die. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. It's weird. There's like a lot of weird shipping thing that's going on here. Like they try to briefly ship like the master with Yaz. I don't know if that's what they were going for. I think they just had had to put in a filler line. (laughs) And, And, you know, he was just using a leftover script from when... Oh, was not the master. Right, but then when he does the master reveal, he's like, no, see, Yaz, I'm in control of everything. You should hang out with me instead of this loser, the doctor. Like, right. it, like, like trying to tempt Yaz, but there's, like, no build-up for it. It doesn't make any sense. It comes out of nowhere, and it's not referenced again. Like, right. it's, it's just entirely pointless. Um, so they're trying to introduce yeah. now this thing that, you know, the, the doctor hasn't told his, you know, his, his mates, where he comes, where she comes from and, and, you know, what her history is and, you know, they're getting curious. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know why she doesn't just tell them because it used to be that the reason she didn't tell them was because of the shame of having blown up the home planet. Right. But the doctor has now saved Gallifrey several times. So like, it's fine. In fact, he never destroyed it in the first place. You know, that's sort of a fun one. Yeah, so just, like, it, it's the conceit of the last season because Chibnall was like, we're not going to reference old Who at all. We're going to do all new stuff. But then that went over so poorly. Like, like I feel like these two episodes are written out of spite, you know? It feels kind of spiteful, you know. It's we got to put the master in there because we didn't have any old baddies. Right. And we got to, well, we'll get to... We'll get to the big reveal at the, the end. The big reveal. feels especially spiteful. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... The, you know, O says, and this is the one line that makes me know that they rewrote the script, is that he says, we should be looking for the spy master because these aliens are alien spies. Mm-hmm. And spy master, because he's the master. master. It's got the word master in it. And then later on the plane, he's like, I told you to look for the spy master. It's, the, it's literally the only hint that you get. So, I mean, I don't know did, if people, did people guess it? I don't know. I don't, we certainly didn't. I definitely did it became very clear the minute the heel face turn was happening. Cause, um, so basically, they chase him out of the birthday party. They chase Barton out of his birthday party. Because right. the doctor confronts him and is like, Wait, why are you working with the evil light people? It's the exact same thing as always. The doctor just goes, why'd you do it? Yeah. Why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? And it's like, there's no detective work. There's no spy craft. No. It's literally just asking him to just tell her the evil plan. Because that usually works. But he's just, <laughs> just like... I'm no. just gonna leave. Yeah, like... But then they're like, they steal his motorcycles and chase after them on motorcycles. And there's like a... And he pulls out, out a gun yeah. and like starts shooting them. It's like, what? they're just stalking this guy on there's suspicion sh- of alien activity. <laughs> yeah, there's a shootout in a vineyard. Uh, they get, he's got like his own private airport or whatever. Why doesn't he just call the aliens to go zap them away? I have no idea. Why? I mean, they, they referred to them as uh, obstacles that they had to get rid of. Right. And then they all, the aliens have a bunch of lines that don't make any sense. At one point they say, we must defend. You thought they said, they must be fed. Oh, but yeah. neither of them make any sense. No, no, none of it makes any sense. The aliens make no sense. Um, and they're defeated in the most, like, nonsensical way possible. Right. So they just basically, they yeah. chase down this guy in a car. and then To the airport. To the airport. And then he gets on a and plane. And then just run on foot towards the like plane yeah which is apparently like the back of it is closing or did the doctor the doctor open it with, opens it with, with the sonic, with screwdriver, sonic screwdriver and she just like jumps on there and it's like everybody come on come and like on. fucking graham like a 70 year old man or whatever like, like why would you need everybody on the plane and why are you even chasing them you have they a have the tardis I like don't you understand. have a tardis I don't you have understand. a tardis also, this is supposed to be his, like, private private plane. Right, but which it they literally... introduced earlier. They were like, I used to not have a plane, Take so a... now I have a passenger plane. Because it would be weird for him to have a passenger plane and not a jet. So they have to put in a line as to why it's a passenger plane, because I think they probably already shot that scene. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't even know. It doesn't make any we're sense. We're still in part one. I know. We, we, we gotta speed this up. 
so we're we're at least nearing the end of part one. So so we've got the doctor on the plane that they think Barton is on, but then we later find out that Barton got, got off, off the plane because the master just called him on his cell phone and said, "Get off the plane," and and set it to auto launch. But the master was with them. Like, the whole time. The whole time. So I don't know when the master did this. Uh, oops. <laughs> and then, I mean, I saw the moment when his cell phone goes off. Right, yeah. You but see I just, Barton get the call. I thought it was going to be sort of like, you know, somebody else is, is pulling the strings. Right. It was. It was the master. And his house is flying outside of the, the space. Plane. Oh, God. And the way he gets figured out that he's the master is oh that he said he's running and he's like, Oh, I was always the slowest in, in school. And then the doctor's like, no, I read off screen your file that says you're a master sprinter. And then she doesn't even go like, yeah, it's yeah, been a while. Yeah, but I was the slowest on my sprinting team. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, I'm a master sprinter, but, you know, it's been a few years since that. I haven't right. really exercised. He just goes like, oh, you got me. And the doctor's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, the doctor doesn't even figure out that he's the master. Yeah. He just like... A wrong piece of trivia comes out of his mouth, and he admits to everything. Right, and he just explains it, and he's like, I'm the master. You know, the the original Agent O, I kidnapped him and shrunk him with my shrink ray, and I keep him in my pocket. In a matchbox. Because it's, it's cheeky. Um, but he, he shrunk him, and then apparently, like, they didn't do, like, a face check on him when he showed up, and, like, was not the guy that they interviewed and hired. No, didn't they like his steal his like face or whatever? Is it? I no. thought he did that. Oh, okay. No, the, the, it's a bad spy organization. If he could steal faces, why wouldn't he steal a face later when he's infiltrating other organizations? That's very true. Well, I don't know. Like later in part two, he he's like working for the Nazis in France. And he's like, well, we gotta oh. get, we gotta, come on, we gotta right, get them right, right. to where they're going. So, but I'm saying he, he's got like a, he's like, oh, I he's got a perception blend in a perception filter, filter. So in maybe his it's brain. That. Anyway, so the plane it has a bomb in the front seat because yes. Barton's not on there. Yes, and the bomb is deadlock sealed, so you can't disarm it with a sonic, sonic screwdriver. And there's specifically no parachutes on board. Yep. But we know that the doctor can survive falling from space and not die. So I don't know why she doesn't just do it and but just jump out of the plane. The reason we know that is because in the first episode... The woman who fell to Earth is yeah. literally the title. Ugh. Um, but anyway, she doesn't do that. Instead, she gets zapped by the light aliens and Into gets teleported to Yaz's down. upside down place. Um, and then she's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, do you know what this is? Like, exactly. What? She and, doesn't. And and that's where we leave off in part one. Right. So we come back in part two. The plane's still crashing. The doctor is still in the upside down. And then right. in the upside down, she meets like a lady dressed in 1800s garb. And right. turns out her and name is... And she's like, I'm unconscious. And this is my imagination. And the doctor's like, you're crazy, lady. And she's like, that's what everyone says. And then she's like, oh, one of the light beings. They're my best friends. And the doctor's like, no way. But maybe they're a portal. Let's go through. I don't know why they do that. I don't know why the, the beings are working as a portal, Don't or why they're nice to this this person named Ada. Yeah, who and we then, find out is Ada Lovelace. Right. Which because, is very yeah. obvious. Right. Uh, so they're, they're transported back to, like, a World's Fair in Britain. Uh, yeah. And it's, like, a steampunk thing. Yeah. And somebody's got a home hand grenade. Yep. I don't know why. It's a hand grenade for the home because you need to give the doctor something to blow up. And she literally, in this episode, says that she's a pacifist after throwing a grenade at the master who followed her back to and this hall steampunk. Full of crowded people. Like, I have to say... Cause they like, should have all died. Oh, everyone should have all died several times. Um, also, there's a, a moment later where Graham is, like, shooting people with a laser shoe that he took from MI6 back yeah. in part one. And doesn't like, kill anybody. First of all, it doesn't kill anyone. But also, like... <laughs> He shoots it at people, and directly behind them are Yaz and Ryan, Ooh. who are just, like, in the line of fire. Uh -oh. and, like, none of, like, everyone just should have died several times in this 
Right. Two-parter. So there's like a steam-powered Gatling gun in the steampunk yeah, factory. Yeah, that shoots berries? Ada, no, no, barrels. Barrels, okay. So the the um, Ada Lovelace shoots the master with a gun and it doesn't kill him for oh, some yeah, reason. Oh yeah, because the master shows up because he can track the doctor. Through time Through as time. well. Which so he comes back He's got time. a TARDIS and like this was his whole plan was just to like lead her onto an airplane. Yeah, his TARDIS is like the weird house he had in Australia that was floating outside the plane. Um, yes. that's, that's a artist. <laughs> oh, this is so confusing. None of it makes any sense! It's so hard to explain it. And um, so it's like a fever dream. It's, it, it's entirely a fever dream. Right. Like, but, I mean, I think we can, I think we can just barely get through it. So they're in the steampunk thing. Yeah. Ada Lovely shoots the master with a gun. Mm-hmm. And he's just as fine. And then they throw a grenade at him, and he's also is fine. Yeah. And he's shooting people with his shrinky ray. Yeah, he's got a shrink ray. The doctor never goes back for those people, so I guess they're just permanently shrunk. Right. So, like, the Upside Down isn't adequately explained at first. So, like, we briefly thought that maybe, like, what was happening is that people were shrinking. Because they introduced shrinking. Right. But they didn't introduce... It's an alternate dimension full of light beings who are alien spies called the Cassava Melon. Or something. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, my mind's boggled. It's, it's wild. Um, so, yeah, I guess, like, everyone just goes back in time there. Meanwhile, uh, all the, you know, uh, all the companions are still uh, on the plane, which is crashing, and the doctor just left a recorded video explaining how to control the plane with Ryan's phone. Yes. And so he just flies it and safely lands it. But then they manage to sneak off the plane before <laughs> anyone at this private airport can get them or find them. Even though the I'm sure front that of was part plane, of the I'm sure that was part of the instructions. Sure. But like the front of the plane is literally exploded. Like Right. Like, no one's going to immediately rush out and be like, ah, that. Ah. <laughs> and also, it's apparently really easy to fly a plane with no nose. Yeah. Uh, super easy. We I don't, don't know. even need him. We should just get rid of all of Why them. Why do we even use them? Yeah. Um, so they're off, and they've been saved by the doctor, but they're still separated from the doctor, which I actually like. Yeah. I mean, at least it lets the doctor need to do more in this episode. Totally. And it means that the companions actually have to figure things out for themselves right, instead which, of just having it explained to them by the doctor. Exactly. Which they sort of do, but not, not really. really. They just like, I, I don't know, I don't yeah. even know how they get to this hangar. Yeah, but so, they, so they, I don't know, they they walk out and they're like trying to be like, alright, what's our next move? And then they get a phone call from Barton, who's, who's like, like, we've tracked your phones, we, we've reported you to the government for plane hijacking. Because as we all know, it's very easy to just go, these three people... Stole my plane, and then it, it's an APB out on them to everyone, and they can arrest you with no... I mean, to be fair, my guess is that the private airport has security cameras of some kind, and they uh, did sneak onto a plane. This is good. That's, like, that's true. Um, so I guess, yeah, they did steal a plane. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was weird, because no one was flying it. Yeah. And also, it got blown out of the sky, but then it landed safely. So maybe that would require some more uh, investigation? I don't know. Yeah. But nope, just like, world terror alert, these three people, go get them. Right. Uh, and so they gotta, th- they smash their phones and they hide in like a abandoned building. I thought it was interesting that this season premiere also sort of ended in a construction site where the woman who fell to earth also ended in a construction site, sort of, it mirrors oh, itself. Oh, mirrors, there you go. There's no thematic resonance. <laughs> nope. They're not like, the last time I was here, Grace died or Ugh, something. No. Um, so, meanwhile, Barton is, like, torturing his mother, who he's, like, just introduced now. Yeah. And it's just like, why don't you love me, mother? And then she like, we zaps get... him with a laser. <laughs> and then she, like, dies or whatever. Yeah. Um, or, or the light people come and, yeah, like, the light people her come. or whatever. But we get one mention of his mother prior to this in the interview that Yaz and Ryan right. do with him. Where he's like, I only said yes to you because you're a British paper and, and my, my mother reads it. So so that's why you got this interview. You know, that's why we know that this episode was written and then rewritten. Yeah. Which, you know, at least I, I respect the hustle. <laughs> uh, to You know, I respect the, the There were effort. at least two drafts of this. Thank you. You know, thank you for, for, for doing an effort on this one. A little effort. Um, a lot more effort would have been appreciated. Though. Meanwhile, the doctor is just running with Ada Lovelace, and uh, 
uh, I forget the name of the guy, but one of the guys Charles who invented Babbage. Babbage, right? Who does the computing machine <coughs> or, or whatever it's called? Right. He he invented a counting machine yeah. that, that does quadratic equations, and it's widely cited as like one of the first computing devices. Yeah. Um. So they're they're like, hey, we've got this other weird thing, which was also in Barton's office in the previous episode, but they hadn't probably thought of what it did yet. Mm -mm. So it's just this weird, like, doll thing that's like a wireframe doll. And if you activate it, it summons the light beings. It, like, projects them And projects them so that they go and eat people, and it's a time machine. But why does he need a time machine when he's the master and he has a TARDIS? And why did Charles... Babbage have it or make it or the get master it? gave it to him for Is some that, reason. I, who knows? It was a gift from the master to him or but something. But it was not really clarified where or no. why it came from. But the doctor just immediately knows how it works and, and yep. how to use it and yep. just immediately like zaps herself and Ada Lovelace by accident. Uh, yeah, and then into they, the future, but not that much more in the future, just no. the World War Two. So like, they go forward about a hundred years. Yep. Um, and now we're in France in World War Two. Right. And um, what is the name of the other lady? Nor something. Nora. Right? I don't remember. The, it was. She, a, she's, she's a famous uh, British spy yes. who operated in France during World War Two. So you can see what Chibnall's doing. He's like, I'll I'll take one powerful female <laughs> character. And I'll raise you two from history. Yeah. You know, we did Rosa Parks and that went over so well. So, so you gotta double up. Here's two. Here's two. And, uh... <laughs> Ada Lovelace, by the way, does literally nothing the entire time. She's she, like, very supportive. She's very supportive and thinks cell phones are cool. But, yeah. like, does nothing. And then the, uh... The spy lady. The spy operator. In World War Two, Manages uh, to get the, the master caught because he's working right. with the Nazis. Also, we get a very uncomfortable scene. Right. So, so the... All right. So, Sasha Dawan, the character who plays the master, the actor who plays the master, is of Indian descent. Um, so, he's... He's... He's the, the first person of color master, which is yeah. nice. But... This is also the episode where the master goes undercover as an SS officer for the Nazis. So they have yeah. to write in an explanation for why the Nazis would appoint somebody who is brown. Who's brown skin. So they have to be like, I have a I have a perception filter in my brain that makes it so other people see what see they want to see. Yeah. And then the doctor like leads, you know, leads him up up on the the, the Eiffel Tower as a trick. And then asks him to explain his entire plan. Which he records, which the doctor records <laughs> on her sonic screwdriver. Right, it's and very then, Zootopia with the little carrot yeah. recording device. Um, and um, then later uses it to, because the doctor's plan was to betray the light people at some point, somehow, maybe. The master's plan was or to the betray plan. the light people Sorry, yes. and kill them all. But he doesn't get to. Nope. So, anyway, th- there's a really, like, cringy thing where the doctor deactivates the master's perception filter so now the Nazis see that he's not white and then come in to kill him. Well, but also they, like, leave, uh, like, they have, um, the, the operator person basically, like, say that he was a spy transmitting secret right, but, intelligence but to but it British. seems to me that that it doesn't matter at all because it, all yes. that matters is that there's... Some SS officers coming, and they look at him, and they see a brown guy. Yeah. But also, the first cringy scene is, so the doctor and Ada run into the operator lady, and she takes him to their house, and then her house gets invaded by a bunch of Nazis, led Ooh. by the doctor, uh, or My by the master. master, and the doctor and Ada Lovelace are hiding in the floorboards. And Classic Nazi imagery. It's just very uncomfortable. And they shoot all the floor, but they somehow but don't die. Fine, question and... mark? It literally none of it makes sense. It's just appropriating like Holocaust imagery and right. like So then they just bullshit. steal the master's um they just steal the master's TARDIS, which they could have done at any time, yep. I guess. Yep. Um and the only reason that they were able to get the master to the top of the Eiffel Tower is because the doctor used uh their Time Ray Kylo Ren Mind meld. Yeah, which I guess is a, a thing from Classic Who because they had a line about like I can do classic too. But Gross. who knows? I mean, that's fine. It's just like, 
it's 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 a, it's a very lazy sort of yes uh you know cliche plot point oh, that yeah. they can just psychically link yeah they also brought back the 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 four knocks thing oh yeah from, uh, from russell t's mm-hmm. this episode has such a hard on for russell t um, <laughs> Does it? yeah i mean we'll get to the big twist i the mean end. i guess yeah but <coughs> so they do the the four knocks but with uh morse code i guess yeah which like i didn't mind that i thought that was fine it's a nice little callback yeah that didn't bother me as much um but ultimately the doctor ends up stealing the dardis from the master, and mm-hmm. they just go and undo all of the stuff that the master was planning to do off screen. Right, um, and and the one thing that the master says uh, during their last conversation is like, "Have you visited home recently?" Yeah. And then we're like, "Oh no, what happened?" It's been raised to the ground. Oh, and the doctor's like, "You're lying." Right. And then later, as we're wrapping up the episode, oh, well, there's still the, the light people to take care of, excuse me. Right, so they show up in modern times where uh, everyone's been captured again by Barton. Yeah. Um, and Barton is giving a press conference. <laughs> the worst press conference ever! Where he's like, human society is now over. But I will I- rewrite all of your DNA to be data. My favorite was there was one extra who was sitting in the audience who like clearly is like, laughing. Oh, well, not as clearly as laughing. There was one of those, but there is this one girl, like everyone else is just sort of like sitting there, like placidly listening yeah. to this. And this one girl just has this look of utter confusion on her face. Like, what, what the, the fuck are you talking happening? about? And I was like, yes, you get it. Like, yeah. you're the only one who's aware in this universe. Yeah, I mean, so you find out that the reason why he was 7% non-human is because 7% of him is computer data. I guess. And he was a test run, as well as all the dead spies were test runs, mm-hmm. for a plan to zap everybody in the universe... Into being human computer except storage. For, except for Barton and some of his friends, I guess. Unspecified but, people. You know. Who will rebuild society. But of course the master wanted to just kill everybody. Yes. Which, I mean, there are easier ways to do it. So much easier ways, but fine, we're doing it this way. So basically everyone's phone and computer right, is, like, is going to zap them with light creature energy. And to turn rewrite. their DNA yeah. into, like, data. Which, you know, I guess that's just to to support the reason why the spies had their DNA rewritten in the first scene. But I can't think of why that's important. I don't know. I feel like that might have been put in... Linearly or backwritten. Yeah, like, I I don't know where... Like, normally when the light aliens zap you, you just teleport into the, the, the goo zone, and then you get teleported somewhere else randomly... That's all we've seen. Right, like, they don't do anything that terrible, necessarily. Well, I mean, there's the one spy, but, again, right. we have no other... The poor spy. The poor spy. Who was, like, going to kill a democratically elected leader in the Ivory <laughs> Coast or something. Oh, my God. Kill, uh, kill some... Or someone in Tokyo or what have you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, the, the you know, the, the point of this episode is you should be afraid of d- big data, which you should. Tech companies. Right. I mean, that's a good moral. Don't just hit accept on the terms and conditions. You're right. you're an idiot for doing that. Well, I mean, to be fair, I, I'm uncomfortable yeah. with the amount of power that big corporations have. For sure. But it seems to just be like, listen, it's okay. The doctor will just undo it before it does anything bad. Right. Like, there's no changes that anyone is told to make because of this. It's just... Right. Like... It's just like, don't trust spies in corporations. Only trust government spies. Right. Because they are doing the Lord's work. Right. They're keeping us safe. Yeah, I don't know. From Russia. You know, MI6 types. Those are the good guys in this. Um, hey, whatever. So, in conclusion, the, the master tells the doctor, you know, this planet has been raised to the ground, but then he leaves a, a hologram in the TARDIS saying... Yeah. I was the one who did it. Because... Oh no, because no, no. they—they so the doctor fixes everything on Earth, then takes a quick little pit stop, goes to Gallifrey, sees that it's happened, and then right. the like hologram activates and is right. like, "I did it." <laughs> right, and he says the reason I did it is because 
the the founding fathers of Gallifrey lied to us about why we were made and also about the, the timeless, timeless child. child. You guys remember my favorite episode, and by that I mean least favorite episode in the Chibnall run, which is, uh, you know, the Ghost Monument, season 11, episode 2. I... The rag said, <laughs> it said, I know into your mind because I'm a mind-reading cloth. And it's, it sees into our mind that she's thinking about the timeless child. Oh my god. And so this season we're going to find out what that is. I... I, 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 I did not remember what the timeless child was. I, right. Like when that happened, I leaned over to you and I was like, "What? What? What is this? What? What are we talking about?" I was like, "The you know the piece of cloth told us." Oh God. It's a it's a it's a good show. So yeah, so that's what we're in for for twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, don't worry though. World War Three will happen before we have to finish it. So World War Three. It'll be fine. Oh my god. It it was just so lackluster and disappointing. Like you said It's pretty it's pretty over the top though, which I like. It's yeah. it's it's very unlike the woman who fell fell to earth, where it was just you know, it was like CSI. Yes. You know, which is like a procedural and it was totally yes. boring. And the villain was toothface. At least <laughs> in this one the villain is a campy master. Right. You know, there's a lot of fun, weird, nonsensical stuff. Yes. And then like just the sheer shock that I experienced when we found out that the doctor solved the entire problem off screen by just traveling in time to like right before. <laughs> right, before anything was gonna happen. Right. Meanwhile, we know that the master was there too because he says, I just waited it out from 1940 to 2020. Yeah. And he, so they never crossed paths, they never sensed each other, they never did their force bond. I don't know. <sighs> it's good. It's a good show. It's a bad show. Um, we we did watch this originally, uh, part one, with your friend Victor. Yeah. <laughs> who, who some of you may know from uh, Primary Education. Yeah, check them out. Um, go, go give those a listen if you feel like it. But um, <laughs> as the episode ended, he just stared at us and went, This? This was my favorite show? Yeah, it's and very I, it's very unpleasant to have one of your favorite shows just just not work anymore. At all. Just just fall totally flat with a thud. Yep. To be in the hands of someone so incompetent. Right. But um, I'm excited to review more of these, to, to recap more of these, because they yeah. are just so out there. And hopefully next time we'll be able to give you something a little more coherent. Yeah. And hopefully the episode will be written a little <laughs> more coherent so that you're not totally confused the whole time. Yep. Um well, I hope you guys had an okay New Year's. I uh Yeah. I hope your twenty twenty doesn't, doesn't end blow. in nuclear war. Um, yeah. and uh you know don't let don't let Google get your data. Stay stay active, resist, call your senators, vote, uh, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.